0: Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business club school or group as a locally owned business instant imprint specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel embroidery promotional items print services and wide format printing for signs as well as banners and vehicle graphics want better ways to get noticed you better visit instant imprints at instantimprintscom boise or call 208 imprint that is 208-467-7468
1: Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. This is your host, Debbie Mazner, and I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Renee Carlson, and I'm going to let her introduce herself um, and, and just explore her journey with alcohol and where she's at now, um, helping other women just change their relationship to alcohol.
2: So welcome, Renee Thank you, Deb. It is such a pleasure to be here. I'm just so honored. So thank you. Um, So yeah, I'll introduce myself. Sure. Um, I am a women's empowerment coach, and I primarily work with former party girls to help them find fun and confidence and purpose in sobriety. And that work really started for me back in 2018. So I I always like to start my story back in 2018 because it was a big year, right? A banner year, um, if you will. So I live in Massachusetts. I was living in, in a different part of Massachusetts with my husband in 2018. And I essentially had the perfect life, right? Everything I had ever wanted, the house, the husband, two kids. But I was miserable. And I had been right, for many years, Um, I just was looking around, like, "Mm, what, like, society, my family, all my friends told me that when I had all of these things, I'd feel complete, but I didn't feel complete, I felt this pit of emptiness in my soul, so I thought it was me, right, I was broken, Mm -hmm. something was wrong with me, Um, so I drank. Right? I drank to mask that. I drank to literally fill the hole that was inside of me that I thought I was alone in. Um, I drank because I was confused. I didn't know why I didn't feel better, even though I had this beautiful life before me. So I was a teacher. Um, I had been at 15 years at that point. And, you know, this was another, like, I thought I should life decision, the same as, like, getting married when I did and having kids when I did. I thought, you know, being a teacher was, like, practical, right? It's like, you know, summer's up, like, good pension, and it was just, like, another should decision. Um, And it's what my parents wanted, right? It seemed like a logical choice, and I was really good at it. Um, But then my teaching schedule began to interfere with my drinking schedule. (laughs) So I had met a circle of friends whom I adored, and we drank together often and very heavily. And I simply could not function as an educator when I was hungover and living on that carousel of, like, drunk, hangover, shame. And so I did what any practical person would do. Um, I let drinking rule my life, and I left my teaching career. Um, I told myself that I hated it. Um, I told myself that the school was completely corrupt, although that part is true. That's a story for another day. Um, So one night, um, in a quasi-blackout, I quit. I drove to the school, I gathered my things, and I was off to live this life that I deserved. And one that did not include waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Um, And all of that was swell, right? Life uh, in Blackoutville was lovely um, until I burnt my circle of friends to the ground when I kissed my best friend's husband in front of her. At a school fundraiser. And in an instant, all of my boozy friends were out of my life. They loathed me. They ignored me. They ostracized me. Um, I was the talk of our little town, naturally. um, And I had never wanted to disappear so badly. So did this stop me from drinking, you might be wondering at this point? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. (sighs) Um, was this the turning point into the abyss? It was. Um, and like anything that happens when we're drinking or using or in a negative pattern of any kind, you know, the things that happen that we just don't, you can't even believe that they happened, right? End up being the biggest blessings. And so I kept drinking. Um, the only difference now is that I was doing it alone. And I was doing it um, to feel worse, right? So if anyone out there has felt like um, I'm really sad, so I think I'll drink to feel worse, right? Sad drunk. Yeah. Um, They call it drowning (laughs) your sorrows. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you, you know, you drown your sorrows. And, and also for me, it was a way for me to access this part of me that I just couldn't when I was sober. It's like after the first, you know, glass or two of wine, you know, I was sobbing and like, oh, so sad. And just like the more I drank, the sadder I got. It was just... Really, I was in a dark place. And my relationship with my husband and my kids was failing. You know, I was isolating from family. I was engaging in dangerous behaviors. You know, I had no respect for myself. And I didn't care if I lived. Um, But it was around this time that I um, had met my spiritual mentor. And I started daily meditation. And I had a strong yoga practice. And I started following the moon and my cycle and you know I was like totally drunk all the time but at least I had all of these things going for me right It was like no but it's not a problem because I like go to yoga on the weekends right and this is what we tell ourselves um, so you know as it turns out alcohol is actually a tool that pulls us further away from ourselves right? While all of the other spiritual pieces pull you closer to yourself. So I was just constantly engaging in this, like, you know, these polar opposite behaviors, essentially, but not realizing it, of course. So one night I was just sitting at my altar, as I often did, and crying and sad and just asking, like, what am I missing? Like, why do I still feel so miserable? Like, And I get it, you know, Um, I'm doing the meditation, I'm doing the yoga, I'm eating the kale, like, I don't, I don't get it. And all I heard back was stop drinking. Stop drinking. Um, and I thought that was like such a rude nudge from the universe <laughs> at the time. I was like, uh, no. First of all, no. Rude. Um, uh, that can't be it. Yeah, the universe is broken and sending me like ro- the wrong signals, right? And this is this is a common this is a common theme among people who tie their identity to their drinking. And so I was like, well, yes, sure, universe, whatever. But also, like, I think I'll just eat more kale, and I'll do more yoga, and I'll meditate more. Um, I can moderate, right? Or, like, I can only drink during the week, or I'll only have this number of drinks, which I do not recommend. Um, Moderation is a special circle of hell, for sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I agree. Moderation's a bitch.
2: Yeah. Like, the worst. (laughs) But I tried all those things, and the truth was that I had been trying them for a long time. I had tried the the moderation BS. I had tried the, um, you know, only drinking on the weekdays, and we set these, like, rules for ourselves, ones that I could never follow and ones that made me so angry and irritable if I did follow them, right? It was, like, not fun for me to have one drink, like, that I never. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. What is the point? I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. So I was basically willing to change absolutely everything about my life except for alcohol. And then one day in June, I was gearing up to get my small kids in the car to go to the liquor store and getting the snacks, and, like, doing all the mom things that you have to do before you leave the house, and as I was standing there, you know, figuring out what liquor store I went to the day before, and, you know, you live in a small town, so you can't go to the same one two days in a row, um, and what I wanted to drink, I couldn't think of anything I wanted to drink because I had, like, just thrown up from vodka the night before, and, like, oh, I don't really want beer, and, like, just sitting there, and I just had this moment of, like, what am I doing? Like, what is this? this is sucks like why am I going to put my two small kids in the car they're going to be grumpy they you know as kids are when you try to take them anywhere Mm -hmm. and then I'm just and I don't even want to and so it was literally like in my snack pantry that I had this moment of like I just need a break from this right So that's what it started out as. It started as a break. I wanted to take a significant amount of time away from alcohol because I knew that if I didn't, I would just white knuckle it through. I could white knuckle through a week. I could white knuckle through a month. Um, But I was like, all right, well, what feels good? And 100 days felt good. I was like, okay, cool. 100 days. So that puts me in like September or whatever it was. It's like, good, great. Uh, I won't drink until then. But it was in those hundred days that I really started to learn about myself. I really started to learn about addiction and alcohol use disorder and pause and all of these things that uh, described me to a T. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I listened to all the podcasts of women sharing their stories and I read the books and I even went to, She Recovers um, event across the country um, just to be surrounded by other women who were living life this way because I don't know about you, Deb, but, like, when I first got sober, I I didn't think that there was another sober person on this planet, you know? I was like, I volunteer as tribute to be the first woman, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, You just don't know that there's this beautiful community of people who just want to love you and support you and just see you, you know, live your best life in sobriety. And so it was really in those hundred days that I was like, okay, so maybe this isn't a break. Maybe this is like what I'm meant to do. And even though it made no sense at the time, right? When my, you know, when the universe was like, stop drinking and I was so angry and like, so resistant to that. It was once I start once I stopped drinking and I just I started sharing my story on Instagram. I created a, an anonymous blog. Um, and, and it just blew up, right? I like gained a ton of followers in my first year. I started holding sober sister circles in Massachusetts and they were selling out. And, like all of these amazing things that I had yearned for for years before were finally Literally falling in my lap. And I really just attribute that to being on my own path. Right. This was the path that I was meant to be on. All the stuff that happened when I was drinking um, and in my life before this was just put there so that I could be here serving other women in in this way and so now that's what I do right I, I take women who are in the same or similar situations and I walk beside them as they kind of navigate sobriety and as they navigate what they're here to do and what messages they're meant to share with the world and just really empower women to be in their purpose right figuring out what that is and then confidently standing in that.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. You know, uh, when we are vulnerable, that's how we get through shame. And um, your story similar to a, a lot of people out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had a... a a friend, um, who was doing kind of like you, like doing all the mindfulness and doing the, the vegan lifestyle and doing all of that, but still drinking, um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty common as like we're women, especially are like doing all the self-care and drinking. (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, you're kind of undoing all that good. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. We don't realize it at the time, but that's exactly what it does. It's like it doesn't matter if you – I was also vegan for a while, and, you know, it doesn't matter, right? It's like but if you drink 5,000 calories and alcohol every night, like you're, it doesn't really matter if you only eat fruit and vegetables because you're just trashing
1: your body. Definitely. Um, and then so it also – what struck out to me in your story is that you had this sort of false sense of community with that group of friends that you had fun Mm -hmm. with and, but it just blew up. And, and when push came to shove, they weren't there for you. Um, it, it, I mean, it sounded very painful, but then with your sobriety, like you have now this true community, this true group of friends and women helping other women. Yes,
2: exactly that. And honestly, I knew before I even became friends with that circle um, that like my drinking was not in a good place. But then I met people who, you know, they have their own journeys, but you know, certainly drank just as much as I did. And so it just kind of signed off on my BS. And I could have never, ever gotten sober without Losing all of those people. And as painful as that was, um, and it just it gutted me. It gutted me at the time. But had that not happened, I couldn't have gotten sober. I wouldn't be here right now doing the work that I was truly meant to do. So I honestly think, you know, kissing my friend's husband was like the universe had you know thrown pebbles and then rocks and then boulders <laughs> and then it literally picked up a, my friend's husband and threw him at me And <laughs> it was like mm-hmm. freaking stop jesus what is it gonna take um and so and so it is and so when you
1: decided um to do those 100 days because those mm-hmm. are always the hardest
2: um what was oh, most helpful yeah. for you I think the thing, well, there was a a bunch of things, but some things that were really helpful were just tuning in to, like, what I really needed, and I was really uh, lucky in that way, because I had been doing all of the mindfulness work, I had been, you know, really tapping into my inner power for a few years before that, so... Um, I could stand in and tap in easily to what I needed and I would just ask for it or not even ask for it, just state it. So, you know, another piece was obviously having a family that supported me, but you know, if there was something that was triggering, like I just didn't do it. Like dinner time canceled. Like I did not cook for a hundred days. No joke. Like wow, dinner time because it was the time of day as it is for for many women that you just really start amping up the drinking or start drinking and it was too triggering and so I said to my husband like I'm just I'm out so when he got home from work every day for the first you know three months to 100 days I just like went in my office and you know whatever I felt like doing I did so sometimes it was reading Sometimes it was sleeping. Sometimes it was crying. Sometimes it was eating ice cream. Um, And just really listening to, well, what do I need right now? And figuring that out and just asking for it, declaring it, and doing it. Because I think when we stay in this, like, martyr uh, mindset, when we're trying to make such a epic shift in our lives it just makes it so much harder right if nothing else changes you still have to take care of every single thing you were taking care of before and now also by the way try to get sober try to get rid of something that you're so tied to that you don't know how to live without it just try to add that to your plate um and it just sets us up for fucking failure so none of that (laughs) um so that was something that was really helpful. Community was really helpful. Just knowing that other people were out there and doing this and sharing their stories, right? Other women's stories helped me so much, which is why I share mine. Because if it's if it helps one other person, like I've done my job, you know? I've helped one other person. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, the, the community piece of it is, is huge. I mean, I I was like you, like, I felt alone. I didn't, I knew that there were sober people out there. But what I really felt alone with was that I thought I was the only one with a problem. Because like you, I, you know, hung out with a group of heavy drinkers, and it was the norm. And Um, I just was, I was like, gosh, it's me. Like, what am I doing wrong? And Mm -hmm. why can't Mm -hmm. I moderate and be normal? Everybody else is, it looks like everybody else is having a fantastic time. Um, (laughs) but now, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I, it's the alcohol. I mean, we're, we're so good about taking care of ourselves, but we, we're kind of, blinded to just the actual facts of alcohol being a poison and a carcinogen and
2: like it is oh, not
1: you're kidding yourself if you're drinking for health benefits
2: yeah well that's just a message that we're sold to um and fit big alcohol you know big benefit the big alcohol companies but yeah i mean <laughs> i believe them that's like well it's healthy right and and it is it's everywhere it's everywhere it's you know, the running club, right? Drinks after, after they run, you know, wine and yoga. Um, it's just everywhere. And for me, that messaging just said, like, you're good. Like, you don't have a problem. It's okay that you drink because everybody drinks. Look at the running club. Look at the yoga and wine. Like, you're good. Look at the wine t-shirts at Target. Don't <laughs> worry. You're fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, I wanted not- that.
1: <laughs> I I wanted that to be true also. I was like,
2: yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Of course. Of course.
1: So um tell me a little bit more. I was reading about what you do, and one of the things you said, and maybe this was on your journey um even before you quit drinking, but you're and I'm I'm embarrassed to admit, I have no idea what actually a reiki is I don't even know if I'm saying it right what's a reiki oh, healer? Re-
2: it's reiki <laughs> totally fine totally fine look at yourself you know look at you're just showing up it's great
1: uh, no worries. but I bet I bet there's other people that are like what's a reiki healer a
2: lot of people don't <laughs> know about reiki uh don't know how to pronounce it um so yes I am a Reiki healer. So what that means is, um, I work with people's energetic fields and I use that as a modality to help heal. And so, you know, we have our physical body, but we also have this energetic field within us and around us that carries our traumas, that carries our pain. Um, and that's needs to be moved that needs to be shifted if if we're going to to work on ourselves if we're working to heal ourselves which people who are you know in recovery certainly certainly are most of the time um anyway um just really looking for modalities to to help them be whole to help them better understand themselves and to again like confidently step into their lives
1: so it's another tool for healing. Um, yeah. Is it something then that you do in person? Like physically you need to
2: be near that person? and So for my level of certification, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be in, uh, in proximity to the person. It's actually uh, non-physical. So you don't touch. There's no physical touch. It's really interesting. Um, and I highly recommend that everyone goes and just even just experiences it once because it's rad um but there are different levels of reiki practitioners and one of the levels of reiki practitioners can do distance healing and so you don't need someone else can be just you know in their home on the other side of the world and your reiki healer can tap into your energy from there and and work to clear it and heal it Wow.
1: And then, so, so with the work you do with women, um, mm-hmm. well, first let me ask you, do you only work with women? Uh, yes. I okay. Do. And what, what made you decide to just focus on women?
2: <laughs> uh, okay. I'm just going to say what the first thing that came through was just to, you know, to be honest, it was, you know, it's a sex addiction for me. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not funny, but um, I like to use humor too. Um, yes, I love a, your a coping mechanism. <laughs> I love your uh, videos. Which my, which my therapist reminds me, is like, this is not, not healthy, but you know, in all seriousness, right, it's something that I struggle with. I mm-hmm. struggle with codependency. I struggle with um, male validation. I struggle with, um, you know needing attention from men, you know, as part of my story. And so it just didn't feel like a healthy thing to do to work with men. I just didn't think that I would be doing them any kind of, um, I I wasn't their ideal person to work with either. And it certainly wouldn't be healthy for me.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Like you're, how can you be helpful if you're distracted (laughs) and, um, yeah,
2: like trying to look pretty, or like mm-hmm. just like the bullshit that I do is like, you know, that that we do to to make ourselves feel better, and it's a work in progress, and it, it's definitely come a long way, but um, certainly at the beginning I was in I was in no place to um, to work with men, and I still I still prefer not to, just you know, for my own boundaries. Yeah,
1: that's so interesting. I thought it. Um i I was thinking it had more to do with the women than with yourself, but that makes sense like as <laughs> well, a healer. I love
2: women. <laughs> what's that? I love women. I love working with women, and you know, I'm all about cyclical living and mm-hmm. tapping into the female energies of of the moon and our cycle. So I love that. Um, I'm but yeah, no. men no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, be brutally honest. Um, So, yeah, tell me more about what you do um, just in your practice now with uh, helping other women.
2: Sure. So I'm a multi-passionate person, always have been. And so, you know, my work with other women really reflects that. So I do a number of things. Um, I help women use mindfulness tools, uh, to help them get and stay sober, right? I add to their toolbox of sobriety. Uh, I do yoga and Reiki healings. I also right now I'm primarily working with women who are asking themselves the question, like I'm sober now, what, mm-hmm. like what, is next like uh, you know when we spend our lives as you know the life of the party and we are so tied to um alcohol as part of our identity you know once we give that up I always use 100 days just because that was my personal experience but for everyone it's different you know after those 100 days it's like okay all right um but like who am I (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like what am I supposed to do in my life now And so I help women with that piece, which is the most fun. Um, So I walk them on a path to their purpose, essentially. And each letter of path has, stands for a pillar um, in the program that I run called Life 2.0. And I walk beside them on their their path to their purpose and and who they are and, and what they're meant to share in this world.
1: That's amazing. Um, because I, I, I think so much of our focus is just getting sober um, and quitting. Okay. At least mine. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. then it's like, okay, now how am I living my life? And and you brought up identity, and uh, I think that that's so important. And I've talked about that in other podcasts. But if you identified yourself as like a, a party girl, a wine mom, mm-hmm. a, a lush, like. Now now you're what, a a non-drinker, a teetotaler? Like what is your identity now? Um, or it's not even related to alcohol at all. Like alcohol now is not a part of your life. It's like a non-issue.
2: hmm Yeah, totally. And so along with all of that, you know, how do we identify ourselves as you know, in within that that realm of, you know, am I a teetotaler? Am I an alcoholic? Am I sober? What what do I say at parties? You know, that whole thing. It's also like, what do you do with all of this time and space mm-hmm. that you created in your life? Like, what? I'm like, but what will I do? <laughs> I don't understand what people who don't drink do in the evenings. like, And just learning about yourself and, like, what fuels your unique soul and, you know, the things that you've endured in your life and all of these beautiful, like, talents that you have that you've just been hiding. And, oh, it's just, it's my favorite, just watching women um, get to know themselves all over again.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've spent when you drink nightly. You, I mean, you're basically turning off your brain and shutting down for mm-hmm. six hours. Well, you know, five o'clock on or earlier. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're not thinking, and you're not doing anything. And then when you stop, like it is true. Like you have so much time um, yeah. and so much thinking time. <laughs> like it's not even just physical time. It's like. Wow, like my brain doesn't like completely turn off. Like I can still function yeah. <laughs> and the next day too cuz think you uh, know
2: never gets old. Those hangover free <sighs> mornings, I will tell you, never gets old. No, never. never. Right? Never. Like I'm almost 3 years sober now. Mm-hmm. Never gets old. Every day I wake up and I'm like, wow. This is amazing. Because I spent so much of my of my life waking up and just my baseline was garbage, <laughs> essentially. Like, I just felt like garbage. I I stopped getting hangovers at the end, but I just felt like garbage all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped drinking, whew, I was like, oh, <laughs> is this what you're like simple? Like what people feel like? Really? This is interesting. Yeah. Let's stick with it. It's, I like this.
1: is the sparkle <laughs> pill. Wow. Um... Yeah. What do you, so, what do you call yourself? Do you call yourself sober? like what what terminology? Yeah.
2: So I call myself sober. Um, I definitely resonate with uh, alcoholic for sure. I don't necessarily describe myself in that way always. Um, it's not something I lead with at parties, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely do consider myself an alcoholic. You know, I am. Um, but yeah, sober for sure. That's, that's, that's me. -hmm.
1: And what, um, what and like, how has your life changed since
2: 2018? Oh my gosh. What? (laughs) I'm, (laughs) it's it's laugh. It's not funny. See, there I go again. I'm trying to use humor. to just laugh. Um, I, my, I'm a different person. Mm -hmm. I get to be a totally different person. I get to like, I literally recreated myself and made my life one that, you know, when I described how I felt in 2018, I felt miserable. I had all of these amazing, wonderful things in my life and I just felt empty. Now I feel full. I feel joyful. I feel so grateful. I feel so confident, right? I'm so sure of who I am. And um, it's just, yeah. And that's you know another reason that that I call life 2.0, life 2.0, because it's exactly that. You get a second chance at life when you're no longer fueling your body, your mind, your soul with alcohol. You can
1: do whatever you want.
2: Oh well, yeah, a hundred percent.
1: You're free. Yes, alcohol free. <laughs> yeah. So what what would you say are your future plans? Um
2: my future plans. Well. Wow. This is like <laughs> a job a great- interview. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's totally great. No, I love this. I love this. Um, you know, for me, I am really seeing my my serving other women to continue to grow. Um, less for me, but more as a way to, to serve the world in a way that I know that I was uniquely created to do. Um, I have physical space here, um, in my new home. So I have space for my events. I have space for, for yoga classes and retreats. And that's something that is definitely in my future. Um, and, yeah, I just want to help as many women as I can realize their potential and stand in their confidence. And, you know, I want women to rule the world. So that's my goal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We
1: need, like, a Beyonce song right now. Um <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And, and you are inspiring. And I, I enjoy, for those of you on Instagram, um, Renee's at, it's Renee Kelly. Um, but you post some pretty funny videos and reels (laughs) that I, I like, you know, I, I appreciate humor too. I just feel like it's a heavy topic and, um, and, also, like it's not miserable to be sober. I think that's a common misconception. Oh, for sure.
2: That's a misconception. For sure. And I had it. Did you? Did you think it was gonna be like the most boring, lame time of your life? That I did didn't alcohol. Yeah. yeah like, well,
1: we how could I go to a party or dance or and now it's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to a party. I'm dancing. I'm <laughs> I didn't need yeah. the alcohol.
2: Yeah. Turns out mm-hmm. I'm a freak anyway. <laughs> so It's great. Now you can own that. Now you can be like, this is who I am.
1: Yeah. It, and I mean, yeah, it, it I, does, it is a journey to get to that point in your life where you are comfortable enough with yourself to really oh, be yeah. yourself.
2: Oh, yeah. 100%. It is a journey and it takes time and it takes practice for sure.
1: Oh, fun. Well, thank you so much, Renee, for being on the show. I'm looking forward to what the future holds for you. I would love to come out to your house and your space and do a retreat. Oh, right. Reiki. 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 Well, that's the first thing that we're going to do when we get here, Deb. We're going to
2: do some Reiki. (laughs) <laughs> and it's going to be amazing and yes anyone who's listening to so Deb mentioned my Instagram handle and then my website is just Renee Kelly dot com and if anyone's interested in, in any of my offerings you know let's hop on a call you know reach out to me I'm literally here to serve you so if any of what you've listened to resonates at all don't hesitate I'm literally here for you
1: <laughs> and I, I will have all your info in the show notes for our okay. listeners so thank you so much renee have a beautiful day we we made our <laughs> we made our 11 wish before the podcast yeah i think did. it went well i think my wish yep. came true yes it was so great Deb. thank you so much thank you Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at alcoholtippingpoint and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.